We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward.
of parenting and how we are lifting that weight as we are raising kids and setting examples for kids in this generation. How many of you from time to time feel pressure as a parent? Pressure as a grandparent? Pressure as a sibling? As a teacher, as an educator, as a public servant? The reality of it is, is that parenting right now is not easy, and it's especially is not easy when we are carrying the weight of our past, when we're carrying the weight of failed relationships or decisions that we did make or didn't make or shouldn't have made. So the first week we talked about being under pressure, finding ways that we relieve the pressure of parenting. The second week, last week, we talked about how to get from drama to destiny. We talked about David and Bathsheba. We talked about King Solomon. We talked about how sometimes the next generation is brought up in a world that starts with their parents' chaos. Ouch. That one was something that hit home for me. Something that's birthed in brokenness that God blessed. So this week, we're going to talk about, uh, first I want to take you to the scripture text. We're going to be reading in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7, 1 Peter, verse number 1, chapter number 1, excuse me, verse number 7. If you got it, say amen. That should have been like everybody because it's right up there. All right, I just want to share this text with you. Um, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Today I want to talk to you on a subject, withstanding the heat. Withstanding the heat. In the text that we read, our faith and the trials that our faith go through is compared to a trial of fire. In order to Purify gold. To get gold's greatest of value, it must be purified by fire to remove all the impurities. The fire itself, the text compares the trials of our faith. Today, we need to understand and establish one fundamental thing. In our faith, our faith gets stronger as it's tested. How many of you know that unless you test something, you really don't know how well you know it and how good you got it? See, it is the test itself that will help you truly understand whether or not you get it. Those of you who are athletes, you hear practice makes perfect. Well, nobody's perfect, but you you for sure have to put into practice the very thing that you are trying to perform. The text is telling us that we need to understand that 
our faith itself is going to have its trials. It's going to have its tribulations. There will be obstacles. And it brings to mind, and I think it's appropriate because now that summer is closed and I've seen all of your family reunion pics, I've seen all your pictures and videos at the amusement parks, the cookouts, doing all the things that you have this summer. And I, and I think it's interesting because if we think about heat and we think about being in the sun, sometimes just being in the sun all by itself can have you so drained, more drained than doing a hard day of labor. Just being in the sun, and it sounds a little odd, but if you've ever been exhausted from the heat, if you've ever been dehydrated, if you've ever been just completely drained, there's something about the heat that will really take from you. It'll stop you dead in your tracks, and our faith is just like that. When the heat gets turned up on our faith, it can sometimes feel just like that. You ever feel crippled in your faith? Have you ever just felt like you're just at a stop or a standstill? I'm believing in God, I'm trusting God, I know God, but it's something about what is happening right now that if I could just take a break. Sometimes we need to just take a break from everything that life has given us. We need air, we, we need some shade, we need to be hydrated because the heat is just sucking the life right out of you. Before we go on, I got to share with you a secret. It's a big secret. I was debating whether I should share this secret publicly or not. But it's a two-part secret. And it's a doozy. Don't laugh. When I share this with you, you might say, <gasps> and that's okay, I won't feel judged or anything, but it's a secret and it's important that I share it with you. Y'all ready? Some of y'all can't wait to tell my business. <laughs> You've been waiting for something juicy. Here's the secret, y'all ready? Get the fans. Do we have any fans in case anybody pass out? Okay. All right, so here's the secret, y'all ready? I used to think that only white people got sunburned. <laughs> Part two. I'm not white. See, there's a reason that I'm telling you this. It's because, because I didn't know that, I found myself in my adult years being very exposed to heat and sunshine. And then one time I got so badly burned because I did not understand that too much exposure to heat, when you don't figure out a way to withstand the heat, it will lay you down, and it will cause all kinds of trouble for you in your life. I'm, I'm already preaching to you. 
When you don't understand that as a parent, unless you learn how to withstand the heat and you don't put things in you to make sure that you stay focused, to make sure that you are protected, to make sure that you are equipped to parent these kids, you will find yourself desperate, beat down and exhausted, all because you were ill-informed and ill-equipped and didn't put that little cream on your bald head. So today, I just want to give you this acronym because I don't want you to miss the simplicity of this, that when you withstand the heat, I'm just going to spell it out, H-E-A-T. So write this down, take a picture of the screen, do whatever you can, because I don't want you to be misunderstood, misled, and ill-equipped to how you as a parent need to withstand the heat of parenting. Amen? So pick your jaw up off the floor. It was a secret, but it was a truth. I didn't know. Number one, the H in heat is for help. As a parent, you need to learn to ask for help. I know what you said about when you turned 18, that you were never coming back and you were never going to, you going to do whatever you want to and you would never say this or do this to your kids and you vowed that you would never, ever, 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 ever do or say this or that. And I, I get it. But sometimes we need to understand as parents that we need to ask for help. Don't worry about exposing yourself. This is why you need to have a trusted community and a friend group that when you have questions, they meet you where you are with compassion and not judgment. How many of you, don't raise your hand in case the person sitting next to you, have people in your life that you wish they were there for you more with compassion and not judgment? See, sometimes we need to understand as parents, how important it is to ask for help and to seek others who have the same frame of mind about our moral standing. See, we wear on our sleeve here that this is a church where we want to guide people into forward-moving relationships with Jesus. Because there's this pandemic, and I'm not talking about the one a couple years ago, but there's this pandemic in the church where it's like all of a sudden we get to a place that we have arrived and we have enough Jesus. And now we have enough Jesus, and now our Jesus turns into judgment. But the reality of it is, is we need to have a community that strives to be closer to God. Who do you have in your life that you can share your frustrations with, that you can ask questions about your children, or even ask questions about your parenting? See, sometimes you need community that says, hey, I hear you, and I understand why you did that, but think of it this way. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's you're being more of a detriment to your kid or your family. You got to be able to ask for help. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 through 12 says this, two people are better off than one, for they help each other succeed. If one person fails. The other can reach out and help. But someone who 
falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can actually keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We as parenting and as a parenting community, as those who say we care about this next generation, have to understand that we are better together, not just collectively for fun and parties, but collectively together to address the issues and the challenges that this community and this generation is facing. Number two, the E is for excuses. No excuses. Stop making them. Excuses are tools for the weak and incompetent, used to build bridges to nowhere and useless monuments of nothingness. Those who specialize in them seldom excel in anything but excuses. Stop making excuses. Don't give in to an excuse that can keep you from living the best life that God has for you. You realize that excuses keep you away from the destiny that God may have for you. You got a reason that you won't do things. As parents, we've got to ask ourselves questions. Where am I just making excuses? Where am I just making excuses? In the Bible, in Luke, Chapter 14, Jesus gives a response to a question. He says, Jesus replied with this story. And he says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. We have to understand that Jesus has invited us into a place. Jesus has welcomed all of us into eternal life. He has already created the path. He has already laid down his way. He, he, can I tell you, Jesus has already done his part. He is not going to Calvary's cross. He is not going to be crucified. He is not going to be risen again. He doesn't need to do that. He's already done it. So he's laid out the red carpet. He's already done it. The question is, is that when you get an invitation to have more Jesus, to follow along and come to the Jesus party, to sit at the table with Jesus as we commune together, are you going to have excuses why you can't come? Parents, I'm asking you, are we going to continue to have excuses of why we don't come to the table? What are you waiting on? Do excuses, are excuses keeping you from praying and sharing your faith, reading scripture, going to church, being generous, exercising your faith, or creating better habits and spiritual disciplines? What's your reason? I'm just asking. Sometimes we don't have enough time to read the Bible. Do we not really have enough time? Do we really not have enough time? 
I read ESPN, do so every single morning. I got one eye open, stinky breath, and still checking ESPN. Maybe it's not ESPN for you, but what is it? Is it CNN? What is it? What is it? It's something you check in and maybe you're into the stock market. But every time there's something, there's a new thing on your phone that tells you about your screen time. And sometimes that's embarrassing because that thing will pop up on a Sunday morning and be like, you up 19% since last week. <laughs> so what have you been watching? What have you been reading? I'm just asking the questions. I'm trying to help you withstand the heat. Let us go on. The A in heat is accept responsibility. The blame game will get you nowhere. You don't have to, I want you to sit on your hands for this because I don't want you to feel pressure. How many of you have reason to be dysfunctional? Thank you. I just want you to be honest with yourself. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not trying to take it. I'm just saying what I'm saying, okay? This is however you feel is between you and God. But sometimes we have reason to be dysfunctional because that's all we know. Sometimes we don't know how to be husbands or fathers because we've never seen a husband or a father except on TV. I don't care if I preach to myself, I'll do it. See, the Cosby show was how I learned what I... And I'm not talking about the newest Bill Cosby stuff. Some of y'all looking at me crazy. I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with you. I was my 80s baby. I grew up watching mushy sitcoms and stuff like that. I desired for violins and soft music to play when the family was having a family meeting about their confrontation. Because that ain't what my life was like. Because when it came down to it, there had to be furniture moving and alcohol everywhere and people breaking stuff and throwing stuff. That's what conflict was to me. See, some of us have reason to be dysfunctional because that's all we know. So you go into marriage and you go into relationships and you go into parenting doing the very things you vowed you would never do. Just to find yourself thinking the only thing I got in my toolbox is all the wrong tools. See, you got to accept the responsibility. You can't blame everything on everybody else. In Genesis chapter 3, we see God approach his first man, Adam. And he says, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was this woman that you gave me. She the one had the fruit and ate it. God asked him, and he quickly did what? And then when God asked her, she said, wait, 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 wait. The serpent deceived me. I wish I was there. Well, not really, but if I was there, I would have been like a grasshopper in a tree or something. And I would have said, Psst. if you focused on what he said and not what he didn't say, you might have got it right. Can I encourage you today, many of us are running around too focused on reading between the lines of what God didn't say, but if you just listen to what he did say, it might just fix half of the dilemmas you find yourself in. I don't know about y'all, but I'm preaching today. <laughs> the 
The last thing, the last thing that I want to share with you, we've been through the H, which is what? Help. We went through the E, which is what? Excuses, don't have none. We went through the A, which is what? Accept responsibility. Now, the last point I want to make to you today is teachable. Remain teachable. When it comes to learning about God and what he desires in our lives from our behavior, there's a continuous learning process, and it takes work that you can never stop learning. Here's the cycle. You ready? You have to learn so you can do, and then when you do it regularly, you begin to live what you learn, and then when you begin to live what you learn, now you're equipped to teach. Many of us skip all the learning and the doing, and then we want to teach our kids. We want to talk at our kids. Somebody told me a long time ago, you know what they're going to do? Not what you say, what you do. You tell them, be nice, be sweet, share. And then you go write your name on the milk and yell at them when they drink some. I'm just trying to make it plain for you. You say, forgive others, and then right in front of them, you won't talk to your spouse for a week over the laundry. See, there comes a point where we have to understand that we are always teaching the next generation. Always. Whether you intend to teach them or not, you are always teaching them. Why? Because they are always watching you. You think you're the only one eyeballing the stuff that they do that you don't understand, that you go and shake your head about? They're always in front of the TV and playing those games. <laughs> Look at their clothes. Mm, 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 mm. Look at all their tattoos and piercings. Mm, 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 mm. I would never. Mm, 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 mm. Guess what? You think you're doing that in secret? As soon as they come into your space, you know what they feel? Your eyeballs saying, look at them. How could they? And then we wonder why they look at us and go in their rooms and slam the door. Why we can't get them to sit at the table for 30 minutes and eat dinner with us. We wonder why when we try to do things as a family, they, they don't want any parts of it. You know, maybe your family is running on smooth. Well, then because we're in community, then you understand that you are a catalyst to teach others and build community with others. Love on other people's children, encourage other parents. And if you got it figured out in the Lord, amen to that. But your responsibility in the community is to live it out and show others. But if your house is anything like my house it was, and like we're constantly trying to improve and learn, instead of thinking about what it was and thinking about why it would be okay and thinking about all of that, how about we create a new norm? 
One that says chaos is not okay. Dysfunction is what it was, and I thank God that I made it through it. Now, God, help me not to repeat the problems of my past. Lord, help me for bringing me through that and awakening me and delivering me through what was the chaos of my past. And Lord, allow me to see what is going to be a brighter future. Don't take that for granted because we have a responsibility as a community. We have a responsibility to be teachable, that we are always learning and we're going through that continuous learning that the more that we learn, the more that we do, the more that we do, the more that we live. And the more that we live, the more that we teach. In Hosea, the fourth chapter, the prophet Hosea is giving this warning to, the, to Israel. He says that the Lord has brought charges against you. He's trying to get them to understand where they've failed. He gives them a lot of examples. He says, there's no faithfulness. There's a lack of kindness. There is no knowledge of God in this land. You make promises to God that you don't keep. You continue to break them. In your land is proof of the broken relationship with God because you're killing each other. You're stealing from each other. You're committing adultery. There is violence and murder everywhere, one after another. This is what the prophet Hosea is saying to Israel about what God is acknowledging and seeing in them. He says that the land will start to be wasted away and there will be a constant mourning and sorrow. But this is, this is, this is the part I want you to hone, hone in on. Then he says, these are the words of God. My complaint is with you. My people are being destroyed. Because they don't know me since you, your priests, refuse to know me and I refuse to recognize you since you have forgotten the laws of your God. I will forget to bless your children. The prophet is saying, hey, if you, the now generation, go without God, your family's future is going to be at stake. I realize that right now you're going through your own stuff and whatever you're going through, I have to encourage you that you cling to God, you cling to your family, you cling to your community to see God's redemptive power of how he's going to use your circumstance right now to empower us as a community so that our children's futures are not forfeited. Because they're going to watch how we do things so that when it, things happen for them, what are they going to tap into? Where are they going to get their strength from? What have they learned? I think it's fair to say that all of us all of us have a desire to see our kids equipped to deal with whatever's going to come their way. If you would, just if you believe that the hope of the future is in the hands 
in the hands of the believer. To speak life into the generation, but to live life in front of them and for them. It is imperative, y'all, that we learn how to do the hard stuff that generations before us couldn't figure out. It is imperative that we do it. The key to all of this is what we do now and how we respond now. Parenting is not easy. Being a parental figure is not easy. I don't even want to limit it to just parents and biological parents. All of us are stepping in to these roles that are, you're somebody's big brother, you're somebody's uncle, you're somebody's grandmother, you're somebody's mother figure. Everyone in here, you are somebody's something that they're looking at you. And they're learning and they're gleaning. School is starting back. Guess what? There's some kid who had a tumultuous morning that's going to see you hugging your kid before they get off the bus and they're going to be thinking, man, I wish I had that. There's going to be some kids whose parent don't, doesn't show up for whatever the reason to something important. You might be the only grandmother there on grandparents' day. I want to encourage you. You see a kid whose grandparent is, there, is not there, you go get them and put them at your table. Not because you're trying to take anybody's place, but because I'm trying to tell you that these are the ways, the roles that we play. They're watching and they're looking. Hosea is talking about what the scriptures of 2 Timothy says. We study to show ourselves, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As believers, it is our responsibility as parents, as leaders, as believers. Get in the word, get in the community, be about our father's business. Learn it. Internalize it. Do it. Live it. Ms. Jill, let's have all the kids come up this way. Let's bring them all up this way. And just have them spread out across here. Here's what I need you to know. We don't want our children forgotten. We don't want our children forgotten. It is critical that we take the words of the prophets very seriously. It's up to us. Set the example. To live it out. It's critical that we do that. But the word of God says, if we don't, they will grow up in the land not knowing their future will be at stake, all because we have not paved the way. That's not what we want. 
So as we re-enter into worship, I want you to pay attention to the words of this song. And I want you to internalize the words of this song. And I want you to pay close attention to the declarations that are in this song. And I want to encourage you to allow your heart to connect with the words of this song as we look for the Lord to continue to bless us, bless our children, bless our
right now that there will be freedom from depression. There'll be freedom from diagnosis, Lord God, that we come before you. These are your children and we lift them up and give them back to you because you say in your word that they are your gift that you have granted to us. We pray, Heavenly Father, right now for the parents that stand here with them. Give them the tools. Give them the community. Give them the circle that creates accountability and trust. Allow them to heal from the places that they've been broken so that generational curses are called off and we declare freedom and favor for generations to come forward. We believe in the words of the song and in the words of the text that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray right now that souls will be saved, that there are future leaders on this stage, that there are future preachers on this stage, that there are future evangelists on this stage, that there are doctors and lawyers and law enforcement on this stage, that, that they will take the office and, and live according to your will and your way that they will be active parts of healing, that they will bring maturity and spiritual discipline into a world that lacks it, that they will be leaders among their peers, that they will be team captains, that they will be involved in extracurriculars that show off their giftedness, they will be encouraged to be unique and wonderful as you have made them, that they will see their identity in you, Father, that when they look in the mirror, they'll see greatness and beauty. That they'll be comfortable and confident. That they'll stand tall as young men and young women. We pray for blessings to rain down from the heavens right now in this moment. That all the arms that are extended and all the hearts that are open, that these young people and their parents and their support system, that we walk into the accountability of guiding and leading and teaching so that they may go forth and walk into the light and the presence and the favor of the Most High God. We declare all these things in the name of Jesus. Let all God's people say amen, amen, and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.